Welcome once again to Devotional. This is lesson number six for Thursday, November 29. Well, this lesson is not gentle, <laughs> like I thought it was going to be. Cushiony, you know, uh, pink ponies, uh, nothing like that. It's actually quite um, intrusive. You would think that, you know, talking about tolerance would have been a, a gentle topic, but it's not. And I'm going to continue segueing this into the Thursday's um, lesson, Unity and Mission. Uh, there is one uh, paragraph that I'm going to use as a bridge to uh, take what we learned yesterday as far as healthy tolerance and uh, this, this experience of unity and mission. Um, uh, in the middle of the page, it says, there's a sentence that says, As they waited, it would have been easy for them to begin to criticize one another. And then he goes into a list, you know, Peter's denial, Thomas doubting, John and James using their mom to try to get the highest place, um, Matthew's position as a tax collector. All of these things um, had happened, and it was fresh in their memories, and they could have easily brought those to memory and began to criticize one another. I want to highlight um, one of these uh, two things from this sentence. The beginning part that says, as they waited. We looked at who they are. These are the disciples that had a very uh, blotchy, spotty past already with each other and with the Lord. And I want to focus on two specific ones that the lesson does not point out. And that's Peter and John. There was, there was tension between these guys, uh, sort of a competition. Um, and next week, we're going to be going even further with this theme on how to heal broken relationships. This week, I guess, is a preventative kind of a lesson. Next week is a remedial, you know, how to heal once things have happened. So these two lessons are awesome. And I hope that you will take time to study both uh, personally and apply, of course, these things to yourself. So as they waited, who are they? We talked about some of them, but I want to I look at a passage in the Gospel of John that uh, addresses or highlights uh, Peter and John. Uh, John chapter 21, verse 21 says, So Peter, seeing him, that's John the disciple, said to Jesus, Lord, and what about this man? And Jesus said to him, If I want him to remain alive until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Jesus has just told Peter how he's going to die, and Peter's trying to digest that. And then he sees John walking uh, close by, and he says, And what about him? Why John? If you read the other Gospels, and this in John as well, you begin to see that there's dialogue between John and Peter. There's a race between John and Peter to the empty grave, and John gets there first. So there is this tension between these two guys and it's, it's highlighted by uh, Peter's asked question and Lord what about him and I want to read one more verse between these guys in Acts, Acts chapter 3 verse 1 uh, it says now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour the hour of prayer these two disciples they had tension that had experienced a fragmentation in there there was no unity there was no unity between John and Peter. Peter's just been told how he's going to glorify God through the death of a martyr. And he's not asking, well, how can I prepare? He's saying, what about him? <laughs> Will he die too? And Jesus says, don't, don't, that is not for you to worry about. You follow me. And Peter chose to do that. 
And as Peter continued to draw closer to Christ, he got closer to John to the point where voluntarily, willingly, both of them are going to the temple to pray. Remember what we've been talking about in these episodes at the beginning of the week? The need to have someone to pray with, the importance of praying together. Prayer, I believe, is one of the most powerful practical tools any Christian person can utilize to bring reconciliation and experience oneness with someone else. Peter and John are praying together. They're going together to the temple to pray. So that, that sentence, you know, as they waited, it would have been easy for them to begin to criticize one another. Why didn't they? At least John and Peter, and we know for the rest, they didn't because they prayed. Prayer prevented the enemy's whisperings, the enemy's reminders uh, of past mistakes, past failures to bubble up and bring up things that were not necessary. At this point forward, it was uh, moving and experiencing the promise of God to catapult the church forward into the mission. The other part that I want to highlight in today's lesson is that same sentence, as they. We've already identified some characters and hopefully gotten some practical lessons from that. It says, as they waited. You know, we think that going to do mission work or, you know, knocking on doors or all these things, preaching, public speaking, that might be the hardest thing God could ever ask of you. But I'm going to tell you, the Bible highlights that waiting is one of the hardest things God's people have had to do. When God would tell them, wait, people, God's people got into trouble. Now, right before entering into the promised land, there was a little lull of time. And all the people needed to do was wait. That's it. Wait. And they got restless. And they got seduced into idolatry. And they got seduced into doing all sorts of things that, well, made them separate from God. So, we are waiting for the second coming of Jesus. And um, before the pouring of the Holy Spirit was given, Jesus says, wait. Wait for the promise. And it took some days after, you know, it was about 10 days after Jesus went up to heaven because the book of Acts tells us that they were with him for, he was with them for 40 days and Pentecost means 50 days. So that means 10 days after Jesus went back up to heaven. That's 10 days. That's a week and a half of waiting. And you think, oh, that's a piece of cake. Really? I don't know about how your waiting capabilities may be. Maybe if if it's easy for you, then it's easy for you. Um, but I think society as a whole uh, responds and gives us a concrete answer to the question, how good are humans at waiting? Because <laughs> this Black Friday phenomena is creeping into Thursday and sometimes even into, into Wednesday. And this week, some stores were doing Black Monday because some people have a hard time waiting. Maybe the people, it's not maybe us as customers, but <laughs> maybe it's the retailers. They can't wait to get our money, Right. We have a hard time waiting. Ask your children. And our children may, because they lack inhibitions like we do as adults, they just express their inability to wait with the question, are we there yet? But maybe we as Christians are asking that same question to God the Father. Are we there yet? Are we at the end of history? Is this thing over now? And because we keep waiting, we can get distracted. We can lose focus and lose our way. Loser way, not necessarily that we go out into the world and do, you know, tremendous, horrible 
uh, dark things, but we can lose ourselves in a worse place. We can lose ourselves in church. And why do I say that it is a worse thing to lose yourself in church? Because at least when you are out there in the bars and out there carousing and out there doing all these things and, you know, have no disregard anymore of Sabbath, at least you know you're out there. But if you get lost in the church, you might be self-deceived into thinking you're in when in reality you're out. This waiting business is not about, you know, twirling our thumbs and picking the lint out of our belly buttons until Jesus does something. This waiting was active. This was an active waiting. In the Gospel of Luke, who is the one that also wrote the book of Acts, the very last verse tells us what happened during those 10 days. It wasn't just them uh, huddled up in one room doing nothing. Um, Luke 24 verse 52 says, And they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem. This is the last thing they did before Jesus ascended. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy, 53, and were continually in the temple praising God. So there was, there was an active role in waiting. If all you're going to do is wait in inactivity, we are giving ample room for the enemy to sow seeds, weeds into our landscape. An unkept garden is a garden where weeds will just grow. And a Christian that does not have a plan, a ministry, an activity, something that feels compelled to be doing, actively doing, um, the devil will use all that open, unoccupied soil. And so we have an invitation to wait actively. We're going to talk more about that in tomorrow's lesson. But today, I want to highlight that there's hope for fragmented relationships. John and Peter were able to experience healing. And while we wait, there are things for you and I to be doing. What are those things that you could be doing for the Lord that would prevent the enemy from using open soil in your life, in your time, in your resource to get consumed by the things of this world? I hope you will think about these things and not just think about them, but act, respond. If the Spirit of God is bringing conviction to your heart right now, how will you respond?